Welcome to Brew Styles for Tuesday, September 29th, 2015, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. I'm Travis. I'm Chris. And I'm Sawyer. This week, we will be talking about Style 19A, American Amber Ale. Check out our website, brewstyles.com, where you can leave us feedback and request for us to discuss your favorite beer styles. Send us an email to ask us some questions, and we will get them answered on the air. While on our site, you can also find a link to the BJCP website. There, you can download your own copy of the BJCP Style Guidelines and get more information about how to become an official BJCP Certified Beer Judge. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash brewstyles and follow us on Twitter at brew underscore styles. Find our Google number on our website and give us a call. We'd love to hear your voice. Send us your questions and comments to help us bring you the information you need. Welcome back, gentlemen, for another episode of Brew Styles. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm tired. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you seem pretty tired. Yes. And you're also making some funny noises with your nose. Yeah, I my allergies have been acting up all week, so it's been rough. Okay, yeah. so sorry. Then, during the I tasting mean, portion, anything he says, we can discard because he... Yes. <laughs> I took a whole bunch of medicine before I, this, so I might taste some medicinal things that aren't in the beer. I don't know. I hear whiskey helps. <laughs> oh, Well, it's been so hot that nothing has been growing, and so there hasn't been any pollen or anything in the air. He's right here. So, <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. But now that it's starting to cool down and we've gotten some rain and you know everything's turning green again, it's just it's killing me. Allegra D, my friend. So, no, I've tried it. Allegra doesn't work. I foresee a new podcast in our future, Whiskey Styles. Ooh, oh, yes. Geez. Y'all have fun with that one. Oh, oh. we will. We will. <laughs> I can do tequila styles. We, we should do both, whiskey and tequila styles. We should get our buddy Rojas on here for uh, our tequila styles. I'm going to go to Mexico and bring back some, so. I've got a bunch of tequila in the freezer right now. Some of it is like not imported you can only buy in mexico eddie brought some for me nice all right well uh let's i guess get on with it shall we let's do it so this week we're talking about the american amber ale style 19 a c a c a yes a a anyways so to start out with the aroma uh we have a low to moderate hop aroma um, uh, namely citrus, floral, pine, spicy, tropical fruit, stone fruit, berry, or melon. Uh, the appearance, amber to coppery brown in color. Um, brown. brown. Moderately large off-white head with good retention. So you're saying an amber ale can be the color amber? Yes. Wow. Isn't that amazing? See. Yeah, science. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, the flavor, uh, moderate to high hop flavor. However, we do have a a pretty strong malt characteristic there, uh, which is one of my personal favorites of darker beers is lots of malt. Um, The mouthfeel, medium to medium full body, and medium to high carbonation. And that's about it. It's pretty simple, straightforward. Awesome. Yeah, this is definitely the kind of beer that if you're a large brewery, you're going to have one of these. Uh, it's very approachable, um, it, and it can be it can be lightly hopped. Or if you're on the West Coast, it's going to be more heavily hopped. Um, and I think we'll talk a little bit more about that during the homebrew portion. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's talk about the history a little bit. Okay. So it's difficult to say that any beer labeled as American is unique because all of our beer styles come from somewhere else that we've adapted, copied, um, you know, Europe, England, Germany, Belgium, all all those places, the big beer capitals of the world. Um, America is not one of them for unique styles. But anyway, um, mostly what we do as American breweries is we take a style and we Americanize it. So the amber is based off of the uh, English strong bitter or, uh, you know, pale ale. 
Oh, I brewed one of those this week, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a really like light 3% beer. Oh, okay. Finished fermenting very quickly. We'll see what it tastes like. I haven't put it on yet. <coughs> well, um, it's really hard to tell whether or not if, if it was a lack of English ingredients or wanting to try things differently that um, made American breweries brew the American Amber. Um, but it is using American grains, American hops, uh, just like when we talked about the uh, pale ale and IPAs, the difference between American and the English versions are strictly the ingredients, yes. which completely changed the character of it. So it, it is a different beer, um, but I really the only difference is it, it's American ingredients. So um, this the whole style is very broad, mainly when when craft beer started to emerge a little bit, everything was labeled via its color so you've got you know dark brown amber pale um just so the quote-unquote uneducated beer drinkers could know what the style was just by looking at the color or if they see that word on the label amber then they know it's going to be a darker beer Hmm. so um that's kind of where the the nomenclature came from i guess that makes sense yeah so anyway the this style is a very wide range. The guidelines are kind of blurred, undefined. It's really just something that's kind of malty on the darker side with some hops. That basically sums it up. Um, anything that falls within those guidelines will pretty much get you this style. Cool. Hmm. So there you go. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. C. A. Yeah, you know, just by looking at at uh at amber ales they they have a similar appearance to oktoberfest which we did last week um and my gosh i gotta say if you if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode you should we had a great time doing it it's a great style of beer and uh the the remote broadcast that we did at the edelweiss restaurant was so much fun just being able to to go to a place like that and and uh have the the kind of experience that we did was uh it was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, where else can you get like you know live live accordion music and uh, and German food, German beer, and, and burping in time? You can't find that anywhere else. It was a good time. The burping was not meant to be in time. Well, it, it was. I know. That's what's awesome. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I did forget to mention something um, about the history and, and the, the style of this. Um, it doesn't have to just be an amber color. You know, <clears throat> amber is kind of an ambiguous color. It's kind of brown. It's kind of copper. It's kind of, you know, reddish. Mm-hmm. got a red tinge to it. So mm-hmm. sometimes people tend to merge the... Um, amber style and the Irish red style and kind of call them the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both malty, slightly hoppy beers. So it's really just a, a difference in color. And so when you go to the beer store, it's going to say American amber slash Irish red. Um, but in the BJCP, they're not the same thing. Right. So there's a slight difference there. Yeah, just because it says red on the label doesn't necessarily mean it's an Irish red. Uh, right. Even for example on the commercial styles on the BJCP guidelines, there's several that have the name red, but there's still a classic example of the American amber ale such as Deschutes Cinder Cone Red, uh the Kona Lava Man Red Ale. That one sounds exciting. North Coast Red Seal. I mean, all of these are named red red ales, but they are still classic examples of the American amber ale. Yes. Irish reds are completely different, and we will feature those at a later date. See. All right, well, let's get into our beer. All right, let's do it. Well, we're starting with our classic example, which is uh, aptly named Full Sail Amber. That's all it is. It's very straightforward, and it's from a, a brewer that we have not featured yet, from uh, Full Sail. And they are out of Oregon. Let's see, where was it? Oh, West Side? Lost my notes. Hood River. Hood River, Oregon. So still uh, close enough to West Coast to be classified West Coast. Or um, or I guess that would be the, the Pacific Northwest. 
not West Coast. But um, they say this is the best sailing amber in the Northwest. And they... Uh, the best sailing full sail? Uh, Lol. Is that the first pun that we've had in this episode? Yes. Have we ever made it this far in before? No. Dropping a bombardier on us? <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Right, that, was, that was an old one. But uh, full sail is... They are fiercely independent, and they have been for a long time. I don't see them as being a brewery that's going to sell out to a, to a larger company. I mean, even on the label, it has some big silver letters, independent, and they have... They even say they have 47 employees slash owners. So if you hear in the news that you know your favorite brewery has been purchased by a, a large corporation. Coors Light. Which uh, I heard recently that Lagunitas is now owned by Heineken. And that was one that was a big shocker. Because uh, they were pretty outspoken a couple years ago about wanting to maintain independence. But... Uh, Everyone has a price. At the end of the day, it's a business, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though you're still, you love your your product and your beer, and you're crafting what you what you care about. It's still a business. I like that beer. So, well, let's get into it. Full sail amber. Okay. It has. Oh my god, the appearance is amber colored. Amber. Oh, I have history. Really? Very clear. This was the first beer style that I ever brewed. Was it? Yes. Ah. That is correct. See. You don't still have any bottles of that laying around, do you? No, I drank them all. Pretty sure he drank that whole five-gallon yeah. batch in like a week. I did. Yeah, and then he had nothing left, and he didn't brew anything to like replace it. So he's like, oh, crap. Well, Yeah, I was out of beer for a little while. Yeah, work. as soon as you bottle, you need to brew again. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Like I'm about to be out of beer again, too. Mm. So It's got a nice aroma. It's uh, I'd, I'd say it's like soft and soft, sweet. Perfumey, almost. Mm-hmm. I can't smell anything. Uh, I, I get some hop <laughs> aroma in there too. Yeah, it's very light and. and mm-hmm. I can't taste anything either. <laughs> Here, try my beer. <laughs> I get I get both um, both malty sweetness and a fair amount of bitterness out of this too. Yeah. So it's not one that it's overpowering on the sweetness. Um, like the the Oktoberfest that we did last week was pretty heavily sweet um more more malty sweetness and caramel sweetness than hops mm-hmm. but this one uh, definitely has a presence on both of them yeah I, I do agree i think if you took a martin and just turned up the hop flavors just a little bit you have an amber ale yeah there would be some some similar things mm-hmm. but uh i'd say this is this is definitely approachable from uh like from a novice standpoint <clears throat> if you don't know if you don't know what kind of beer you want or uh, or if you're just kind of breaking into drinking craft beer and, and new things, then certainly an amber an amber ale is uh, one that you could grab and, and I think have a taste for pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And the Full Cell has, has all of those. It's uh, multi-sweet and has a bit of hot bitterness that lingers on the finish. For sure, for sure. It's definitely a good beer. I definitely like this beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I don't think we're going to come across one anytime soon. That you dislike? That I dislike. <clears throat> unless it's maybe smoked. Because I don't really necessarily like smoked beers. Ghost face killer. Oh, jeez. I had a really good pepper beer yesterday. I was at a brewery, uh, a local one in Fort Worth called Martin House. And they do a beer called Salsa Verde, which is uh, brewed with hatched chili peppers. Man, it's good. I'm I'm starting to develop a taste for chili beer. I need to go out there and try that beer. It's good. I started with it, drank a full glass. Um, it, it definitely has a chili presence hmm. and a flavor. So if, if that's not your thing, then you probably won't like it. But if you are adventurous and you want to try something new, go for it. Right. You know, I may not be able to taste a whole lot of the multi sweetness, but I can definitely feel the bitterness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the the biggest, the most stark difference between what we did last week, the Oktoberfest, and yeah. this style. Yeah, is the presence of bitterness and the level that it provides. 
I have a feeling that the grain bills might be similar. Obviously, you're going to have more like German malts and things like that in the Martzen, but color-wise, the malts, the Lavabon, you know, numbers, I'm sure, will be similar. But then this just going to have more hops in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Well, cool. Nice. Okay. Well, there's our classic style. We have a uh, we have a surprise this week. We instead of three, we have four. Ooh, more beers to try. Fear bitte. All right, well, where's our next one from? Colorado. Specifically, Breckenridge Brewery. So we're starting in the Pacific Northwest and then working our way back to Texas. Yes. This is the Avalanche Amber Ale style. That's what it says on the bottom. From Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge. This is first brewed in Breckenridge, Colorado, 1988. This beer is a little bit lighter color than the full sale. Yes. Uh, this is more of like an orange variety as I hold it up to the light. A little more <laughs> copper, mm-hmm. uh, which still fits in the guidelines. You know, there's not much hop aroma in the in the smell of this one. I mean, the aroma of this one, wow. Yeah, this one's more malty. Well, you do smell uh, aroma. Through the nose. Yes. That's good. Yeah, good nose. Fair, fair malt presence. I still don't taste anything. The malt is not necessarily there either. I mean, it's kind of there, but... Not as strong as I thought it might be. Yeah. Um, I would say it's not quite as, I guess, not quite as present or intense as the uh, Full Cell Amber. Yeah. You know, even though that beer itself was not intense, the flavors in the uh, in the Breckenridge are a little more subdued. Right, right. So this is, I'd say this is more straightforward and uh, not quite as bitter on the aftertaste this as would the Full Cell prob- was. This would probably be really good to drink intense when you're camping. This episode has had two puns, and neither of which have been said by me. Yeah, there's something wrong here. Let's make that note right now. (laughs) Actually, we have to give Chris a high five. High five? Why? Because you came up with two puns, and it was. I could be punny. Not as punny as Travis. God, the uh, the British Brown episode was just one after the other. (laughs) A bombardier. Right from the start. No wonder Fratto never came back. I think he had a good time, though. Yeah. That was funny. I heard him laugh. Yeah. He giggled. Yeah, he giggled because I was giggling. That's true. Yeah, because at first I thought he was laughing because of how funny I was, but then after listening to the episode, I'm like, oh, he's not. He's laughing because you sound ridiculous when you laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny because whenever I'm editing these, on the computer and I'm looking at the wavelengths I can see Sawyer's laugh coming <laughs> as as it's going because I know what it looks like in wavelength form and I was like wow. right, here it comes and then ho oh, yeah that was it <laughs> so it's kind of funny anyway yeah this this beer is pretty good you know it's easy drinking and that's what makes it great you know maybe we should have done a style that was a little bit more pronounced. A little bit. Because <laughs> I can't taste anything. This would have been a good opportunity to do the chili beer episode because maybe uh, yeah. it would have like cleared my sinuses a little bit or something. Well, <laughs> my other thing, I, I do agree with you. You know, I think if we had done this later and not right after, you know, Martin slash Oktoberfest. Because this, this beer tastes very similar to Oktoberfest. Yeah, it's just it's more bitter. It's got a more of a hot presence. But, I mean, that's... Well, I'm just saying like this particular beer doesn't taste that different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since Oktoberfest is going on right now, as you're listening to this, then it makes sense to do yeah. something sort of. I mean, obviously, an ale and log are two different things. Yeah. But, it, yeah. Yeah, we needed to do a remote from Oktoberfest one year. How cool would that be? <laughs> In Germany? Yes. I would like that. I think that my, my, it's on my bucket list is to go to Oktoberfest. Too bad we have school. I will, in October, t- in I will take it off. I think I'm going to push back my wedding six months from March to October so that I can go to Oktoberfest for my wedding, for my honeymoon. And blue bonnet. <clears throat> yeah, that too. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah. You know, as this warms up a little bit, I'm I'm able to taste some more. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. It does send the bottle. This is their original fine crafted amber ale. So I wonder if this was the very first one they made. I would like to keep that bottle. That's a good question. Then again, on the full sale bottle, it says, our ridiculously tasty original 
amber ale. So maybe there's, I don't know. I mean, like like we mentioned, this is the a very approachable, I mean, almost a, a gateway style for people to break into more craft beers. Especially very on straightforward. The, the more hoppy side. Because mm-hmm. it's really it's really well balanced. Um, so you can go from this to like a pale ale, then to an IPA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this definitely serves to bridge the gap between um, the less hoppy to the more hoppy. Yeah, because it's there, but it's not so so overly uh, overly hopped that you know, like our experience with our first IPA. Oh, Christmas trees. Yeah. Bitter, Why would anybody drink this? Bitter beer face. And now that's all we want every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you can't go wrong with a good IPA. Even at Top Golf. Oh, I'm serious. I had a Lagunitas IPA there. It was really good. You mean a Heineken IPA? Yeah, now it's a Heineken IPA. I didn't know that until he <laughs> said something. So I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I read something online about it the other day. I was kind of like, really? Really? Yeah. Oh, well. We'll see if anything changes. I doubt it will. No. Because Heineken bought them because they're doing well, and if it's something's doing well, why would you change it? Exactly. Yeah. And so. they're going to be able to utilize Heineken's network of trucks and distribute. Yeah. Distribution. They will go international. So, yeah. Uh, maybe. You'll see it more, and I don't think it'll change. I know that some people are not going to drink it out of out of principle. I probably will still more continue drinking it if, if it's given to me or if it's... There, because yeah. I like I like I like the beer. Yeah, same Lagan- thing with the other ones. Like- Lagunitas sucks. That's a pretty good one. No, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, it's one of their beers. I know. <laughs> I I would just you kind of caught me off guard. Yeah. Anyway, so Breckenridge or Full Sail, if you're listening to this because we tagged you on Twitter, please let us know if this is your first beer that you produced, <laughs> because we would be curious to know. Yeah. And we would also like to do a remote with you. You know what? Going up to Colorado would probably be a little bit more feasible than going to Germany. No. Just saying. And apparently, the higher altitudes, the beer affects you faster. So, Sawyer, you can probably get through like half of one and then you're tanked. <laughs> you're just saying. Look, man, my tolerance has gone way up, okay? I'm good now. It doesn't take me two quarters lights. It takes me three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe three quarters of... Making progress. Yeah. Moving up in the world. Just wait until we do our uh, barley wine episode. I, I, man, I'm, I've been saying that for like the past two weeks. I'm ready to do it. <laughs> we did it next week. I'd be okay with that. Were you here and we tasted all those barley wines while I was brewing mine? Yes. Were you here that day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all got kind of drunk that day. Oh, I got super drunk that day. <laughs> I was not okay. We had like six or seven different barley wines. Yeah. We did the same thing with the, the beauty guards. Yeah. Well, a remote at Oregon or Colorado maybe wouldn't be feasible but one in Texas might be. And our next example is from Texas. All right. Well, our next beer is the Ridgeback Ale by No Label Brewing out of Katy, Texas. That's close to Houston. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, I've actually never had any No Label stuff, and I've seen it before, and I was really? like, that's weird, because um, there's a label on the bottle. Yeah. How dare they? Yeah. Call yourself no label and you put labels in your bottle. Someone's playing a prank on me. I'm confused. Anyway, so I, I was curious, and so I, I went to their website, and they tell their story. Basically, it started like many craft breweries do. They were all sitting around drinking homebrew and decided, hey, let's open up a brewery. Okay, so it was a, a family endeavor, apparently. And so... In Denver? <laughs> oh, endeavor so this and not the space shuttle either and so they were talking about what they should name their brewery and so apparently brian one of the family members was peeling the label off a bottle and thought hey there's no label on this beer bottle yeah because you just peeled it off anyway um, so they decided they needed a name that was that wanted they wanted the name to reflect the family, and so that was what they stuck with. They said uh, we decided that no label best represented how our personalities and beers are too unique to be labeled or classified. Hmm. Interesting. So let's see how unique this Ridgeback ale is. And on the bottle, it says. <coughs> 
Dark American Amber with strong flavors of caramel and roasted malts, balanced with just the right amount of Cascade and Golding hops for a sweet but slightly bitter ale, named after our dog, Haley. Very interesting. So, there you go. All right, well, let's uh, let's do this. Uh, let's see. Um, the others were very clear, although darker, they were clear. This one is very murky. Bottle conditioned? I don't know. Uh, let's see. On the guidelines, generally quite clear, although dry hopped versions may be slightly hazy. Oh, yeah. And this is also pretty hoppy. I wouldn't say hazy. I would say murky. Yeah. Mm. I can't see through it. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, even when I poured it, I could tell that it was murky. Hmm. Yeah. It looks like my lemon pledge, uh, uh, pale ale as far as murkiness. So, well. decent aroma. It's got. Definitely has a malt presence like the others did as well. The hop presence is not as much as the full sale. I really like the taste of this beer. There's not a whole heck of a lot of hop presence in the taste, but the malts definitely balance it out very nicely. This one's almost a little more bready than the others. Like, um, I don't want to say biscuity because it's not that, that sharp of a bread, but... Maybe white bread? White what are you talking about? Whale. The other white bread. What? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, malty. Uh, it's it's a little bit more subdued on the bitterness side. Uh, like I said, I can't really taste sweetness right now. All I'm getting is is different levels of bitterness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hardly get any bitterness out of this one. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I do feel like maybe the carbonation level's a little bit higher on this one than the other two. I think I would agree with that. You can feel it over the palate more. Yeah. It's a little bit more effervescent. More of a tingle. Um, but also quite straightforward and, and reproachable, which is what the style should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we come across styles like that that are... Mm-hmm. From time to time, that are supposed to be just straightforward. Yeah, just like there. when we did our blonde episode, you yeah. know, it was just kind of there. And the more subdued and the more you know even keel that it was, the more to style it was. It's supposed to be just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is kind of the same thing. A little bit more character to it than a blonde, because obviously going to have more malts and uh, sorry, more darker malts and more hops. But it's still very balanced. So if you're used to drinking, you know, the BMC mass-produced beers and you want to try something darker, this would be a good one to go to. Sure. Yeah. There's uh, similarities between all three, but all three do have uh, their own slight variances in flavor and aroma. But uh, still good. I wouldn't I wouldn't turn this away. No, yeah, it's good. Yep, good stuff. I feel like... You no like it, Sawyer? I like this beer. <laughs> there it is. I feel like No Label was one of the earlier Houston breweries. Uh, I mean, obviously, St. Arnold's been around for 20 years. And uh, I think Southern Star in Conroe opened up next. And I feel like No Label was the was the third one. I know that they're definitely, they've been around for, for several years now <clears throat> compared to many of the other new ones. Yeah, the, the story on their website says um, the, the thought was created in the spring of 2009. So they're only a few years old. Right. But there have been breweries in Houston that have opened and closed. Yeah. You know, since... Because I, I remember reading a story that a brewery was closing in Houston, and I was like, I've never even heard of them. So it, it's... This, the scene down there is definitely uh, burgeoning, just like uh, in Austin and in DFW. <clears throat> but uh, I think No Label's one of the older ones. So when is our brewery going to open up? <laughs> the Brew Styles Brewery. Yeah, why not? That'd be fun. <laughs> Talk to Fredo. He's probably the closest out of any of us to doing that. We should do it as a team. We'd have to. It's a big endeavor to do by yourself. Let's do it. In Denver? Yeah. Or here? In Denver. In space. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to talk to, to Houston about that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have beer. Oh. I think it'd be cool if you know, people go to a bar and to order our beer, they have to say, I'd like a... That's what we name our beer. If you spell that out, ba-da-dum-bum-bum. 
Badam. <laughs> I want a Badam Bam Badam. <laughs> no, we don't. Every every beer would have a different cadence to it. We and don't put on names on the label. We put the actual like music, the sheet music. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, people have mm-hmm. to have to sing something in order to order our beer. I want an AEA. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> there we go. Endeavor Brewing. That that could work. That's a good name. Mm-hmm. Endeavor. Endeavor Brewing. In Denver. In space. <laughs> All right. That's our catchphrase. <laughs> we're, we're looping our jokes, so we should probably move on to the next beer. All right. Where's this one from? Well, we're going to head north on uh, I-45 for about four hours, and we're going to make it to Dallas now for our next beer, which is from Four Corners Brewing. And this beer that we are going to feature is their Heart O'Texas Red Ale. Que viva Texas! Not to be confused with Pride of Texas. No. Pride of Texas. We featured that one on episode one. Was that one? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. A long time ago. Holy crap. That was a long time yeah. ago. That was back when we were, you know, in our first studio. Um, <laughs> back when, you know. It was cramped and hot. Yeah. You think back. And we were just kind of in there like sardines. And now we have this really nice studio that we moved to. <laughs> yeah. About 10 feet from the old one. Shh. Start. So Four Corners, they're in uh, in Dallas, Texas, and I've I've been there a few times. Pretty nice place, and they have uh, they have a really neat canning line that when you open the can, it doesn't just do the normal you know pop top or, or pull tab thing that opens up a little hole, but the entire lid comes off, the entire top. It's like opening up a soup can. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny, Shoot. but uh, it's one of their hallmarks. <laughs> But this is the Heart of Texas Red Ale, 6.3% ABV. And it is a very similar appearance to the first one, the Full Sail. It's not quite as orange as uh, as the Avalanche, but has a little more red notes to it. Pretty nice. Yeah. It does look very nice. Yep. It does have a little bit more of a red tinge to it. Good beige head. Red is my favorite color. So here's another example of an amber ale that has a red red in the title can you smell anything yet no the bitterness level on this one though is definitely a lot higher yeah i do agree especially in the aroma i would guess bitterness yeah just by smelling (laughs) it i would guess it's around 35 ibu wow travis um it's probably he read the can and it's probably 16 degree (laughs) play-doh also he read the can was it was it filtered in microns i'm not a professional but that's my guess (laughs) <laughs> you're not going to say 360 degree top open wide and enjoy that's in the top of the can too well, no because you can't get that from the smell now when I taste it however then yeah it's a, it's a 360 degree open wide flavor it is 360 degrees all the way around bring it around town mm, yep anyway so y'all taste it and I'm going to talk about the bitterness because that's all I get <laughs> Well, the bitterness. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's it's pretty good. There there really is a lot of hop flavor there. Hmm. More so yeah. than the malt. There's not a, whole, not a whole lot of malt in this one that I can taste, at least. Yeah. I mean, it's there. It's just kind of overpowered. Yeah, I don't taste it. A smidgen. Don't taste it. Yeah, looking on the guidelines, the uh, the acceptable IBU levels from 25 to 40, so it's still within there. It's on the higher end. We don't know what the IBU levels were on the other ones, mm-hmm. but... Um, this is this one you can definitely taste the uh you can taste the bitterness from the hops for sure. Uh-huh. Uh it's I would say it's not quite as well balanced as maybe well the no label or the avalanche. Mm. Well, really any of them. They were all pretty well balanced. This yeah. is true. Yeah. I, I think that our our uh, classic example was the most well balanced. Probably so. So this one's more on the more on the hobby side. Which, if you think about like a, a West Coast ale, then that's that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, I wonder if the, the reds. Well, there. and the red ales in general probably are a little hoppier than the ambers. Yeah, just like um, that that red ale that I brewed, Rancor Red. Oh yeah, it was um, it was about this color, um, but very very hoppy, very bitter. It was an Imperial Red too. Yeah, yeah. They call this uh, a bold bold red. I'd agree with that. Hearty malt is balanced with a hint of the pines. 
summer citrus and sweet stone fruit. Salud. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like I had this at the uh, Big Texas Beer Festival in April. And that's the first time I had it. So this is, uh, I know they haven't had this for more than a year. Because that was the first time I had had it. That was a fun beer festival. Yeah, it was a good time. Especially TNP afterwards. We went to TNP afterwards? Yeah, you don't remember that? Huh. You had mead. <laughs> it did? Yeah. Yeah. Rode he, the train all the way back to Fort Worth. And uh-huh. There's TNP right there. Interesting. Travis ordered you mead. Interesting. <laughs> and you drank it, kind of. Kind of? Kind of. Y'all don't think you, I think we helped you finish it. Finish it. I can't talk. I don't remember. Brisket nachos is all I remember. <laughs> How can you forget brisket nachos? I had pizza. It was so good. I think I do remember that. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, Heart O, Texas. Yeah. There's a big cock on the can. That is a big cock. Oh, there's a rooster. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. You know, when when I hear the the title, I just got to break out in song, you know? The stars at night are big and bright. (laughs) Deep in the heart of old Texas. Did you get towards the top of your range there a little bit there, Travis? It's still early in the morning. I mean, it's it's late in the day because right. we don't we don't start drinking that early. That that's ridiculous. Who does yes, that? I do. I Who do. That? I know the first thing I do in the morning is open up a beer. Crack Bubba, kind of hard for some of it. I miss Bubba. I do too. I wish he would come back. So do many of our loyal listeners. No, they don't. Yes, As we get email after email and phone call after phone call. Yeah. <laughs> On our yeah, let's, let's count them all up. What happened to Bubba? We would love to hear your voice. Let's count. Let's count up all those emails. Well, I'd like to. Why do you think from my, Bubba? Uh, why do you think my ink toner is low? <laughs> I'm printing all the emails out. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, there, we got a stack right there on the edge of the table. What? <laughs> of emails. Right. Our, our Google voicemail is full. <laughs> yeah, we got to go through and start emptying out the. I know the ones. And hey, y'all! What, what you doing, Bubba? Well, what happened to him? Yeah, we're we're Bubba at. Bring him back. <laughs> right now. All right, I think we have one more beer. And Bubba. No. Yes. Well, moving on to our final example for the day. Moving on up. Yes, sir, Bob. Moving, moving on, on north. Up to my little, hometown. A little place called Sherman, Texas. Yeehaw. Mm, Sherman. Which, yes, Chris, uh, Chris Hales from there. That's his old stomping grounds. You've driven through there. <laughs> I have. <laughs> On your way to Oklahoma? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've been through Sherman before then. Yeah. I mean, if you go up 75. I don't. I usually take 35. Oh, well, then you haven't been through Sherman. Well, then I haven't been You've through probably Sherman. probably been through uh, White Rat. I think. I think White, white rat. rat? White Rat. White, white Rat. Try saying that five times fast. White Rat. White Rat. White Rat. White Rat. White Rat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's on 35. I don't remember. That's up there. Though. I don't know. I just went to Windstar, so it's, you know. Uh, well, well, okay then. Anyway, 903 Brewers, because the area code up there in Sherman, Texas is 903. Yeah. The 903, not like the 817. Or the yeah. 250. Um, Travis, are you going to talk about this one or you want me to talk about it? That's your hometown. Okay. Take it. Uh, anyway, so what we're drinking is Ruse Red Ale. Uh, the name comes from the uh, the college that's up there, Austin College. Uh, it's a private school. They are the kangaroos. Better than the fighting the farmers. Ruse. Yeah, so um, they're the ruse. Uh, well, that's about it. There's, there's the ruse, red ale. Cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the mascot is Rue. So, anyway. Um, a bit of a surprise when we got the can. Around the uh, around the lid, it does say 360 degree lid for your all around enjoyment. Yeah. However, so it should have been similar to the uh, the four corners, but it did not come off. It has not. It's a regular a lid. lid. Yeah. Yeah. What gives? I don't know. So okay, this is going to seem kind of silly, but all of 903's cans have a different label on them. It's like a printed and glued label rather than just printing on the can like everybody else does. Glued? 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's printed. Yeah, you can feel the seam. Yeah. Where if you oh, peel it off, wow. it's actually a label on the can. So you could keep these cans and... Well, I'm, it's not like you can recan. You don't have a canning machine. But I'm sure it would be next to impossible to get this label off. Dishwasher. I, I don't know. But it's just interesting. I mean, the, the cans have a different feel to them. They're slick. You don't like you your cans slick? I'm just saying it's different. And you can, I mean, you could pick up a can from 903 and know it's from 903 mm. without even looking at it. Okay. I'm serious. Can I try? Yes. Feel that can. It's a regular can. That feels like a can. Feels like aluminum. That's a can. Right? Now, pick this can up. Yeah, it's a little different. It's softer. So, I don't I'm sorry. That was it's a little side tangent, but I've I've always found it interesting that they have they actually label their cans. They don't just print on them like everybody else does. Wow. Maybe it saves money, you never know. Set yourself apart. Yeah, I mean that's kind of their thing. You yeah. can tell. I mean, it's it's even shinier, like the light reflects off the can. Shiny, shiny. We have the three sixty lid that only opens forty five degrees. Yeah, so it's less <laughs> enjoyable. Well, anyway, um, so the college mascot's the Rue. It says on the can, brewed with five different malts. It starts with a sweet, multi flavor, ends with a light citrus finish. This one's just as murky as the Ridgeback was for no label. It's not clear. Yeah, it's it's pretty murky. And um, I find it interesting on the can it says pairs well with lamb, goat cheese, and tailgating. I could see that. I wonder what tailgating tastes like. Um, well, I think you generally have uh, fresh air, sunshine. Maybe a little bit of exhaust. Yeah, a little bit of maybe uh, diesel exhaust. Yeah, if it's American, then it's probably steel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe some concrete, you know. Could be. Yeah, if it's a Toyota, then it's probably like aluminum or, yeah. or unobtainium or some weird Plaster thing. of Paris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're driving some really nice car, then I don't know. Lambo. All right. Ooh. How about tailgating off a Lambo? I the, get something the flavors that I very different. did not get in the other ones. Yes. Yeah, the flavor is different. It's kind of got Even some I can taste it. citrusy notes. I'm not going to say it yet because I'm, I don't want to taint your your perspective on what you may or may not smell or taste in this. I don't know if it's because I've been drinking a lot of sour beers lately, but it's got a little tinge ding, to ding, it. Ding, 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 ding. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. This actually has a bit of sourness slash tartness to it. Yeah. In the smell and the flavor. Well, like, I wish I could smell it. Yeah. Alas, I cannot. I noticed that as soon as I smelled it, Bucks. that there was... A, that I wonder has, if that's on purpose. I haven't had this in a long time. I've never had it. I don't know. A sour, a lightly sour beer does pair well with lamb and goat cheese and tailgating. But <laughs> I, have, I don't know if this was intentional. I have a major announcement. Uh oh! Hit the sounder, Expo. Are you pregnant? No, I'm not pregnant. You shouldn't be drinking beer if you're pregnant. I'm not pregnant. It can hurt your baby's brain. I can't be pregnant. Beer and babies don't mix. No, I read that on a sign in the men's room, which always boggles my mind. But also, did you know how many calories Guinness has? Guinness? I heard it's 250. (laughs) And only Guinness only has 250 250 calories. calories. You learn a lot in the bathroom. That's a long-running <laughs> joke. You go to Ginger Man, they've got a big sign in the... They right, used to. Right, but yeah, it's not there anymore. Like years ago, years ago, ago there's a big sign in the, right above the urinal in the men's bathroom that says, did you know Guinness only has 250 calories? <laughs> so every time I go to the bathroom, somebody would text the rest of the group. OMG! Like, did you know Guinness only has 250 calories? And then his dad went with us one time, and he texted us. <laughs> well, we, we did like, kind of tell on. him about it beforehand. <laughs> and he was kind of funny. Sorry, what was your big news? Sawyer? My tell um, us, is it a boy or a girl? Oh, my God. Tell us. Tell what us. What are you going to name it? Rue? I don't know. We know I'll... somebody named Rue. <laughs> TBS Rue? Is it a redhead? I don't know that I like this beer. Whoa. Uh, Stop the presses. That's, Write it on the calendar. That's saying a lot. Because Sawyer likes every beer. We haven't done our sour episode <laughs> or a Goza episode yet. 
No. No. So I don't know that that might, or even the chili beers that might kind of. He liked my chili beer. I did like well, his chili beer. Yeah, it also wasn't Ghostface Killer. No. <laughs> so um, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> I. I think I'd probably die if I drank a whole bottle of that. Oh, my gosh. Maybe, actually, you know what? They have it at Total Wine. Maybe I should go pick one up. It'll clear up my sinuses, and I'll be able to taste things. Yeah, probably. That will definitely be on our chili episode. Yes. For sure. Without That's, a doubt. It'll be the last one we do. Because our palate will... Actually, you know what? Probably every single chili beer we get will wreck our palate. <laughs> I w- we'll have to like look up the, the heat number on each one of them and, and rank them. Pardon me, what is the Scoville units and heatness for your beer? I'm sure it's on there. Especially the higher you get, I'm sure they put it on there. But anyway, that was my big news. No, I'm not pregnant. I don't believe that the sourness is intentional. That's my guess. It certainly does not fit in with, within the uh, American Amber Ale BJCP guidelines. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. No. Because they may not brew to those guidelines. Well, certainly. It's, this is just for homebrewing judging. Yeah. This has nothing to do with commercial beers or their styles. I mean, it might be. I I honestly don't know. Mm. This is the first 903 beer we've had. That I've ever had. Really? Yes. You had some at Blue Bonnet. I did? Yes. I don't remember. We Remember we went up and we um, they mixed their Sasquatch <laughs> stout with the oh. coconut... Yes, yeah. I remember now. Never mind. Just the kidding. coconut beer is like really over the top coconut, mm-hmm. and the Sasquatch is really good. But they were they had this thing where they were like, "Oh, you should try mixing them," and so we mixed them. It's actually really good. good coconut mm. chocolate stout. But anyway, yes, you have nine. You have had nine hundred three beers before, JK. But I have not had this one in a long time, and I don't remember what it was like before. Huh. All right then. I don't dislike it. It's just different. Pairing it against, you know, these other four, it's different. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike it though. I well, do like I do like this beer. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't fit in with what we were doing today. I, which is okay. It doesn't have to. I dare to say that I'm not a huge fan. I enjoy a little bit of sourness, so I'm still upset that the entire lid didn't come off. <laughs> yeah. That's my problem. You're gonna you're gonna say something to them about it, aren't you, Travis? I might. You put on the can, then the lid needs to come off. You took a picture of it. I did. Figure you're going to tweet it. I did. I might. You already twatted it? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I won't. You're just, you're just a big twit. I did yesterday. <laughs> Tomorrow. I'm going to see that laugh coming in the wavelengths later. <laughs> you don't have to sit so close to the microphone when quiet, you laugh. Quiet, quiet, quiet. <laughs> Real loud. <laughs> loud noises. Loud noises. Where's Fratto to laugh at you? I love lamp. <laughs> I actually well, had that conversation yesterday with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. As we finish up uh, on our last red ale slash amber <laughs> ale. <laughs> Gosh. Let's uh, let's go through some homebrewing things with this. I've actually brewed uh, two examples of the amber ale, both out of the, uh, the Brewing Classic Styles book. Um, he lists two versions of it. One is just kind of the stock amber ale that's, that fits in within the guidelines. And another one is a West Coast version, which is um, bigger, hoppier, stronger, faster, and hoppier. Yes. Uh, I, I brewed the amber ale last month, and the keg's already gone. I followed, the, followed his recipe exactly, and it was great. Um, I have no problem with that. And then I brewed the hoppy version uh, on Monday of this past week, so it's it's in the fermenter, and that'll go on uh, that'll go on next. But uh, the the most interesting thing that I found between the two, the West Coast version had way more hops. It was it was a, a much noticeable difference between a. I mean, the original had altogether one point six ounces of hops. Period. The West Coast version had. 5.1 ounces. Holy moly. So it was a wow. a huge, huge difference. I mean, all the additions are the same. The the strains are the same, the varieties, and uh, what time you put it in. But it was just really ramped up. The, uh, the alcohol between the two changed also. The West Coast was 6.8, and I think mine landed right on that. And the one for uh, the original 
was 5.1. So you know, basically everything about the West Coast version is bigger, uh, bigger, stronger, bolder. But uh, with this with this style, the, uh, the thing that surprised me the most, even though it's an, an American amber ale, he used a lot of English ingredients, like uh, English, English pale malt or uh, Munich malt, things like that. And um, I was I was surprised by that. He also uses some Crystal Forty, Crystal uh, One Twenty, just for you know a little bit, just for for uh, depth of darkness, and uh, some Victory Malt. And then the hops was a mixture of Horizon, Cascade, and Centennial. Um, Which one was bittering? Horizon. It's thirteen okay. percent. Yeah. So that one was the first one, and then Cascade and Centennial were sprinkled in between aroma and uh, and and flavor hops. The, uh, the the original version turned out well. I had no problem finishing the keg and enjoying it. And I have high hopes for the uh, for the West Coast version, which should be on tap within a week or so, determining you know how long I can drink on the ones I already have. Awesome. I look forward to try it. Cool. Hopefully I'll be able to taste it. Hopefully. You've had this for quite a while, it seems like. I'll give you one of my pepper what? beers first. So you Your can... allergies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I need a pepper beer yeah, first. I'll give you yeah. one of my pepper beers first. I got... Let's open things up a little bit. I got another one coming coming down the pipe in like two weeks. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Coming down my pipe when I start drinking it. Uh, that sounds weird. Yeah. My esophageal pipe. It still sounds weird. Yeah, whatever. I don't think you can walk away from that one. Watch me. In space. In Denver? <laughs> Endeavor. <laughs> yeah, that's a done deal. I would endeavor to thank you for joining us for our latest episode of Brew Styles, where our topic of discussion was the American Amber Ale. Join us next week when we continue to celebrate Oktoberfest and review style 4B, Fest Beer. Cheers. Prost. <laughs>